What is up, guys? This is the Wise and Well podcast, and I am your host, Herman Lin. My mission is to help make fitness and nutrition way more simple and realistic for you so that you can improve both your physical and mental health. Each week, I interview a guest to bring you actionable insights that you can apply every day to build the healthiest and most fulfilling life. Let's go. What is up, guys? Today, I have Sarah Clark back on the show. Sarah is a macro coach, and she's also grown to be a good friend of mine. And today, we cover what you actually need to know about calories and macros to get the results that you're looking for. So if you've heard the importance about things like tracking your macros or hitting your protein target, and you just don't really know what all that means, but you don't want a full science deep dive lesson, you just want to know how to actually apply it to your own life. Well, then this is the episode for you. If you like this episode and you want more like this in the future, leave a review and let me know. There's actually some very exciting things that Sarah and I are working on together, and you're going to hear a lot more from her on this show in the future. So hope you like it. All right, let's get to the show. Sarah Clark, welcome back. Thank you, Herman. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing well. I'm going to kick this off with a, a... I'm going to ask for some personal coaching advice. Ooh, <laughs> let's do this. This is uh, so I have recently been trying to bulk. A little Ooh. Bit. Um, and that's something I feel, I feel like I've always been a, you know, I don't care. Like I'm just going to stay fit and I don't need to do the bulks and cuts and all that kind of stuff. And I was always much more of a, just like a general nutrition, healthy eating type of guy. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and now I'm kind of like, I don't know, like it's, it seems kind of fun to, to play around a little bit and see how it goes. Yeah. So here's the crazy thing. And we were, we were just talking about metabolic adaptation before we jumped on the show. But yeah. I am, I am witnessing the results of, of the opposite end of it for sure, because I feel like I am eating so much more yeah. yet my weight is just staying the same. Like it's really? like, I, I'm, I feel like I'm realizing because we, we talked about, right? Like when you eat more, you eat less. It's not necessarily that your metabolism just like breaks or whatever. Right. But it does make you, it changes your behaviors. Right. So yeah. I am for sure a hyper responder where when I eat more, I just like can't stop moving <laughs> <laughs> legitimately, which, yeah. which makes my workouts amazing. You know, like I, I feel like I've been getting stronger. I have more energy for the, I'm recovering way better for sure. Um, yeah. But then it's like, I can like literally tell after I have a heavy meal, I just want to like, I just want to get outside and like <laughs> move around or do, it's like, I literally just, just can't stop fidgeting. And so it's been, it's been wild because I've had to start, start playing around with like lower volume foods. Right. And, and yeah. like literally like adding like olive oil on everything. <laughs> you know, butter. And yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. I'm kind of like, did I, am I really just eating that much more now? Or was I just really not eating enough before? You know? Interesting. So what do you think about that? So I, you know, I guess what I kind of think about is like, what else should I be focusing on to make sure the scale is moving in the right direction? Um, and I don't know if you've had, I don't know if you've had an experience with this with other people. I mean, I have, I have, I've never been through an intentional book myself, but I have had a client that we put her through an intentional book. Okay. Um, which was really fun for me to kind of experience through her. This is something I want to do, but just because I am somewhat trying to get pregnant soon, I didn't want to get like pregnant at this, you know, yeah. peak of a bulk. But um, if, if you're, I mean, I guess my question would be like, what is your main goal with a bulk? And if the, if, if the goal is to make the scale go up and you're not, you know, I think there's two options. You either increase the amount of food you're eating or pull back on activity. Mm. Um, and it's kind of like a, what would you rather do? Yeah. Well, I don't want to do the second one. <laughs> That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You like feeling and you like the movement. You like the activity yeah. that comes with yeah, that. Yeah, anything I just got the if anything we just bought that treadmill. So Heck yeah, <laughs> it's gonna go up. Um, but no, I think I think as I look at it, because I'm I'm the I'm the same way where I've never intentionally done it, and I for a long time didn't really want to because I feel like I I mean I feel like you've been this place too where I mentally didn't like the idea of gaining weight. You know, oh, like it, it was totally. hard. Um, yeah. And I know that's, I know people are listening to this being like, oh my God, dude, <laughs> you know, um, cause they're, they're trying to lose weight a lot of people. And so I, I totally, I, I understand that, you know? Um, yeah. But it's, I think, I think there's a mental, there's, it's for anyone who's like, and I'm not saying you're underweight, but I've been underweight before and it's mentally hard. You know, it's just as hard to gain weight mentally as it is to lose weight, yeah. but Anyways, you you were saying. Yeah. So I think now it's not like a, like the one thing I want to avoid, cause I've done this in the past. I tried bulking one time before and I just doubled my portions on everything and yeah. I gained crazy amount of weight within like three weeks and I was constantly bloated and I just immediately quit. Cause I was like, this is this, I feel terrible. Like, I don't like how fast the scale is going up. So like part of this is like, I look at it, I probably have gone up two to three pounds, you yeah. know? slowly um and so part of me is kind of like i think i might just do that for like a year you know and just yeah. and just not push it like crazy where i'm uncomfortably full all the time but yeah. still eat a little bit right where i'm probably not entirely hungry and you know have a post-dinner snack and things like that where i probably normally wouldn't um yeah. and then see if i can take that up you know 10 15 pounds over the course of a year and then cut yeah and see think, what that does. I think that's a great idea. I think you know exactly what to do. I think that I think that it's easy to think that there's a right and wrong way to do, you know, a cut or a bulk or something like this. And I think that it really is individualized where it, for you, it's finding what works for you as long as the scale is going up. And I think there will be a lot of opportunities to challenge some of your like thoughts and beliefs around the scale going up. Um but I think that it's also really cool to, you know, take the time that you need, which I think that taking a year to bulk anyways is a great idea. Cool. I appreciate that. I'm stoked for you. <laughs> Thank you. I will, I will keep you posted on how it goes. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm literally going to get up like 2000 calories and I just still will just keep, like, I'll just be running marathons at that point. Cause I'll just be burning yeah. it all up, whatever it takes <laughs> to burn it all up. Um, but cool. So that's a, I think this is a perfect segue then to, uh, dive into the topic I want to discuss today. So obviously we went over your story last time you were on the show, which was amazing. Um, you also are a macro coach, right? So I think part of the thing I wanted to get you back on here is to to use that brain of yours and all, the, all of your expertise. And I want people listening to just really have a better understanding of like, what do they actually need to know about macros? and calories and all those things? And how do you make it not this stressful, crazy thing, right, in your life? Because I think a lot of people make it seem like it's this intense, crazy thing, and it's going to be life changing. And part of it's like, it's just really, if anything, like it really should make your life simpler, if anything, right? Because it's, it's just giving you knowledge more than totally. anything. So um, why don't we start with, if you can just kind of give an overview of how do you even like truly figure out what your calories and macros should be? Yeah, that's a good question. You, if you are, so there's a few ways that you can go about it. You can go about it. The easy way to go about it is to look up a calculator online, um, to look up a TDEE calculator online and put everything as far as what it's asking you for. And then it will spit out a number that says, your TDEE. Now, depending on what phase you want to go into, whether that's a cut, maintenance, bulk, uh, that's kind of where you'll figure out where you want to be. So the TDEE is going to give you whatever your maintenance calories are, right? Now, I think it's important to remember that this is a complete guess, and this could be totally inaccurate. Um, any calculator you look up is going to spit out a number that is just a random guess. They don't know your body. They don't know your physiology. They don't know anything about you other than like your age, your height, and any of that. So anyways, they're going to spit out a number to you. And what I would personally do 
with those calories is I would just start tracking. Um, and I think it's important to keep in mind that your maintenance calories is a range, but I just, I would just start tracking at that number that they give you, um, and start in, in, uh, take daily weigh-ins and see what happens with your weight. If it is staying relatively the same, cool. We know that's maintenance for you. If it starts going up, great. We know that was probably a surplus for you and your maintenance is a little bit under that. If it starts going down, cool. We know that was probably a deficit and your maintenance is a little bit higher than that. Um, so I think that the best way to figure out, you know, the calories for you is to simply track. Um, now you don't have to use a TDEE calculator. What I would do also is just like start tracking where you're eating right now and taking daily weigh-ins and kind of see like what's just start gathering the data. As far as your macros go, um, I mean, I think a good rule of thumb, your question was like, how much, like, where should your macros be? Yeah. Where do you start? I, I think a good rule of thumb is take your body weight or your goal body weight times it by 0.7 to one gram. Um, and then in 0.7 to one gram per pound of, of body weight is how much grams of protein to eat a day. Um, or what I would do is again, just track your food, how you're normally eating, see how much protein you're already in taking add 20 grams on top of that. If you're already at the one gram per pound, stay there. But if you're at like 70 grams a day, I would just add 20 grams on top of that and then slowly start increasing it to a point where you feel, it feels good and realistic to you and you're seeing the results you wanna see. Carbs and fats, um, I think it also really depends on your goal. Like if you're training for a marathon, cool. We wanna make sure that your carbs are probably a little bit higher. Um, if you're just general lifestyle trying to become fit, I would say let them lay where they may. I don't think having a certain target is super necessary, to be honest. I would just say make sure you're getting enough fiber. Mm. Did they answer your question? For sure. Yeah. There's a lot. So let's unpack a little bit of what you said too, because I'm yeah. sure as we kind of talk about this, it's like totally makes sense. And I'm sure people are kind of like, hold on, go back, go back. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think the, it's super important what you said in the beginning about the calculator, because um, like, here's the thing, everyone can go online and you can find a million macro calorie calculators. They all use a little bit of their own different logic. And here's the reality. They all use the same formula. They just do a different activity multiplier based off of what they think. Right. So yeah. they're all kind of giving the same information. But I think it's so important because a lot of people will take that and just assume that's accurate. And that's, and that's what they should be eating, right? Totally. And that's their maintenance. But to your point, there's a lot of things that could change what your actual maintenance is, it, it, whether it's activity level and that's exercising, that's what your job is, right? Someone who's a school teacher, someone who's a desk worker and someone who's working in a factory, those, those are very different from each other. You know, someone, what's your diet history like? What, what's your, how much protein versus how much other macronutrients are you eating? Like all those things impact how many calories you burn. Totally. So it's very hard for any calculator to be super accurate. And the last thing you want is to just take a number and assume that's what you should be eating. Even yeah. though like it says that's your maintenance, what you're eating right now, that is your, that's obviously your maintenance, right? If, yeah. if, you're, if your weight has been staying the same, that's your true maintenance. Yeah. So to to measure you know and track for two weeks, I would I would usually say like two weeks and just take that average, like that that's a great starting place. And I think too people get caught up with like, well you got to measure every single thing, you got to make sure you measure licks and bites, and that might be something in the future you know that becomes important. But I think in the beginning you just need a baseline, right? Yeah. And then you kind of go up or down from there. Totally. And, and with, you know, if you do take, I think that is the best way to go about it is like take two weeks and just track what you normally eat and, and take the averages, obviously, because there'll probably be some days with people that don't track. I, I do feel like if they aren't super focused on their nutrition, usually it's like 1500 calories one day, 2300 calories the next day, 1800. So take the weekly averages. Um, and also understand that those averages, if you aren't tracking your bites, licks and tastes, it's probably going to be a range from that. Like also don't be too married to that number, but it's just information and it's data. I think that for someone who's wanting help with that, I think that that's where a coach can be really helpful because they can kind of help you read that data and figure it out for you. But I will say that, you know, 
coaches are also giving their best guess because they also don't know your body perfectly, especially after two weeks. It takes time. But what's cool about having a coach is you guys can learn your body together. But I think it's important for people to realize too, that yes, a coach will be able to take into account like your dieting history and different health issues that you may be going through that the calculator can't. But despite that, they're they're also still giving their best guess. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's where I think you, you have to look at it as like, it's not just this single ceiling number every single day. It's we're looking at it and then we just, let's see what the trend looks like in two weeks. Let's take it down. Okay. What happened to your weight? Oh, it went down. Cool. We're in the moving the right direction. Right. So let's stay there for a little bit. Um, or vice versa. Like, no, nothing's, nothing's happening. Okay. Well, let's wait a little bit of time. Nothing's happening. Then you got to kind of decide, is it, are we, do we need to go lower? Is it more of a tracking issue, right? That we're not, now we're not looking at the like the bikes, the bites and all the legs. Is it a movement issue, right? Because we like the, all those things, I think a coach can help you out with a, a ton to understand totally. what's actually going on because it is tricky. Like it's, we, we talk about it. Like it's this really simple thing. Just, oh, you just got to eat less and you got to move more and it's just yeah. energy balance and it's calories in calories out. And that's a hundred percent true, but all the things that go into that are a lot more complex and and human behavior influences a ton of it. Yeah. And sometimes you don't realize what you are doing wrong. You know, sometimes you don't realize those things that may be holding you back. And that's where a coach can be helpful to, to shine the light on some of those things. Um, yeah. You know, like I, I know some people don't think about tracking their condiments, you know, and who knows those condiments, some condiments for, you know, a poor is a hundred, 200 calories, but if you're not tracking those, so, I mean, and that's not the only light to be shown, but there can be light to be shown in certain areas that you might've never thought about that could be holding you back. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, when I, the first couple of people I worked with, in my head, it was totally like a, they're lying to me. There's like, yeah. there's, there's, that's not, that's not what you're, that's not what you're eating. Right. And yeah. then I think you start kind of figuring out like, well, why would they, why would they do that? Right. Yeah. Like they're, they're paying for this. They're trying to do it. Like it, it serves them no purpose right outside of me. Like, it's not like I'm going to yell at them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if anything, we still just go and we try to figure it out anyway. So it's not, I don't think, I don't think many people are actually lying about it. I think it's hard. I think it's hard yeah. to track accurately. Like even if, if I'm not literally thinking about like, I'm going to use this measuring spoon, I'm going to use this scale for every single thing. I'm going to be off, you know, yeah. it's, it's sauces, like the random, if, if you see the way, like, I, I mean, I'll even do this when I'm weighing chicken on a scale. Like I, I put the chicken down, I've somehow had four bites of it and I still get six ounces on the scale. I'm like, wait, I just ate like two ounces. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, it's little things like that, that can really add up. And then I think the other part that makes it almost near impossible is eating out. Yeah. Because one, they're legally allowed to be off by 20%, mm-hmm. which is a crazy number, but 20%, whatever, whatever the calories, when you go to Chipotle, it says on their menu, they can have 20% more calories. So if you're getting like a thousand calorie burrito, it could be 1200 and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. And when you're going and you're tracking all these things and you're thinking like, okay, well, this is what I got, but it's way, it ends up being way more. And you go to, I mean, think about going to like a nice restaurant, they're adding all this oil and butter. It's probably even more than 20% realistically. Totally. Um, I mean, Chipotle, Chipotle doesn't have like, I mean, if you, if you log Chipotle on my fitness pal, you'll see, it says like four ounces of black beans, four ounces of, of rice, but it's like, Chipotle isn't back there using a food scale like okay yeah there's the four ounces no they're just like scoop scoop which again isn't a bad thing I think that when it comes to eating out it can be really challenging and I think it can be beneficial to track when you're eating out to gain that mm-hmm. awareness um, but if you're eating out every single day um, it, it's going to be really hard to to figure out where you're at yeah. now I think. I, ha- I do have thoughts around that where it's like finding that balance of like when you can eat out um, and tracking it and also not letting that stress you out. Like guessing mm-hmm. is still great. Um, and if you want to overestimate, I think that's totally great too. hundred percent. I think Sam Forger, I think actually talks about that a lot is 
with just really putting like a 20% tax or like a multiplier yeah. on whenever you eat out just to account for that. Cause I think, I think a lot of times people like have this whole mentality of, okay, I just want to, I just want to stay within my calories. And like, you try, it's like, you almost want to give yourself a little bit of leeway. Like, okay, it's, it's this much exactly on their menu. So I'm going to put this in here, even though in your head, you probably know it's more, yeah. you know, but you're like, no, no, no. It said, it said that it's that. So I think it's like, if you really are serious and you really want to, you really want to not frustrate yourself in the future when it's not working, right. Just overestimate on yeah. most things, I would say, because we have one, like we just talked about, restaurants can be over by 20%. But then two, we have studies that show people underestimate by like 500 calories a day when yeah. when they say what they're actually eating. So I think that's that's just a really important piece to to understand when you're doing yeah. it. I'd say like if, if someone doesn't want to overestimate, um, I think it will end up uh, what, what's the right word I'm looking for? Like it'll, it'll end up, you know, it, let's say they're in a fat loss phase and they don't want to overestimate and they end up using just what they think they got. Right. Which is fine. Um, and they aren't losing weight as long as they're consistently off, we will still make adjustments based off of them being consistently off. Mm. So even like, let's say they're eating 1800 calories, that's their goal. But with them being consistently off, they're actually eating 2000. Mm -hmm. If we, you know, lower their calories to 1600, but they're also still, you know, consistently off, they're probably eating 1800. So, you know, adjustments can be made based off of you consistently being off. Yeah. Um, but there's so much that, that goes into it. And it's all, it's all like, I think the biggest thing is you have to take the emotion out of it. Right? Yeah. It's, it's all just data. And totally. so I think you can get really caught up. And like, there's, I think in this whole world, when you look online, like everyone's fighting everyone, there's so much emotion around what, you know, what, I mean, some people don't even think calories are real now, you know, Oh my like, goodness. It's, yeah, like, I... it's like crazy out there. So I think like you have to just, you have to just look at it and be like, huh, okay still not working like what it, what could it be is yeah. it that you know maybe i've been a little bit lax with measuring on some of the things right um maybe i haven't really measured on the weekends okay which like yeah we know that hey you if you eat a little bit more on the weekends probably not a huge deal if you eat a lot more maybe right yeah. um or maybe it's just you know maybe you're moving less right maybe because because you're now you're eating less food and you're washing your body's washing that out with metabolic adaptation, right? Which just means that your behaviors are probably changing based on less food. All those things could be true. So I think it's just looking at it and just like assessing it the same way you would look at like your bank account, right? Yeah. And, and think about like, okay, what is actually, what's actually been happening since I've been doing this? And what is like the next, what's just one next step that I can do? Which to your point, obviously a coach helps with a lot. Totally. With, with that, I think that like, um, when it's not, when people, you know, are eating a, a certain, let's say they're tracking their macros and they have a certain goal and they're eating that much and they're not losing weight. They'll immediately say, what's wrong with me? It's not working. And they'll start blaming themselves and judging themselves where it's like, Hey, nothing's wrong with you. Like you yeah. are okay. It, it, you know, change that judgment into curiosity and start getting curious. Like, okay, interesting. Like this isn't working or, you know, I wouldn't even say like, it's not working. I would just say like, Hey, this, you know, things aren't going in the direction that I want them to. And when you can approach it from curiosity, you can really start seeing the big picture of what is going on and you can start taking personal responsibilities for maybe some of these actions that you've been taking or something that may yeah. be, that may be off. And that, that doesn't mean anything wrong about you. That just shows you adjustments that need to be made to help you continue making progress towards your goals. But I think so many people come to such quick conclusions based off of their very quick to judge uh, thoughts. Um, that it's if if you're constantly judging yourself and thinking something's wrong with you, it's never going to work. Yeah. Well, and don't necessarily blame the tool, right? Or yes. like a diet or a calorie deficit, like all those things, because I think it's you have to look at everything and how it impacts what's going on to you mentally and physically. Like let's let's bring let's circle back and bring the beginning back into this part, right? So I had talked about how. I tried a bulk before mm -hmm. and I just threw on way more food on all my plates. Cause I'm bulking, right? Like I'm going to yeah. increase my, and, and I knew when I did my calories, I was, I actually, 
had talked to a coach um, briefly and he suggested my carb number go crazy up from where I was. And I was not, I was not eating enough carbs. Like that's something that I was kind of coming from a place where I did need more carbs, but going to that overnight was just like a crazy jump that made me feel super bloated. Right. Yeah. And all the extra food made me feel super bloated. So it just sucked. Like I felt terrible and I quit after three weeks instead of looking at that and saying, okay, carbs are evil and bulking is stupid because it makes you feel like trash. I looked at that and said, okay, I did not approach that the right way. Right. I probably could have staggered how much I, how different I am eating macronutrient wise and increased that over time. And then two, why am I eating? Why would I double everything overnight? That's, that's a dumb idea, you know? Um, And so what I, the way I approached it this time was because I learned from that other time. And now I came back with a way that's like, okay, this is, still hard, but much more manageable, much more doable. The hardest part is now just having patience in the long run. Right. And so I think the same way, like a client or, you know, just anyone listening who's just doing this on their own, like you should really think about that. Even if, even if you're doing the opposite, if you're trying to lose fat or lose weight and you're in a calorie deficit and let's say, you know, I mean, like, let's, what a lot of people probably do, like they'll, you know, maybe they go on like a low carb diet. Right. And let's say after like three weeks, you're like, I have zero energy. I am constantly thinking about food. I hate tracking. Like this is driving me nuts. And yeah, like I'm losing some weight, but like not as much as I thought I was going to. And I can't sleep at all. Right. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people will look at that and go, okay, well, tracking is terrible. It makes you go crazy. And also dieting stupid, you know? We're like, okay, well, why don't we, what if we don't cut out the carbs next time, right? Like, what if if we don't take your calories and cut them in half and only eat salad and air every single day during the week, right? Like those, those are the types of things I think you need to like really challenge yourself with saying, what could I have done differently? And how can I make this, how can I use my past experience to make it a little bit easier next time? Yeah. And I'd say too, you know, the person, you know, the person who did cut out carbs and, you know, maybe they lost a little bit of weight, but they're absolutely starving. Like the situation you just barely said, and you're like, okay, but what about next time we don't cut out carbs and we, you know, take this approach instead? I think their first thought, you know, would be, well, it's not going to work. You know, it's not going to work if I keep in carbs. And then I would challenge them. Like, how do you know it's not going to work? Like, have you ever tried? And if you've never tried, you can't say that it's not going to work. Um, Now, if you want to make that judgment afterwards, sure, you totally can. But I think that in order to come to a conclusion whether something works or not, you know, and also like what, what do you, what, you know, I'd also challenge the thought of like, well, did it work when you ate no carbs? Because what's the point, you know? what's the point in you doing this so that you can lose weight and sustain that weight loss? But does that feel sustainable to you? No. So did it actually work? Sorry. No, it didn't. So it's like, what, what are you trying to get to? If it's not working, then this is obviously not working. So you need to find a different way to go about it, which can be really hard and scary, which I totally understand that. But if you really want to, you know, find that, sustainable, maintainable, um, way about achieving your goals, it's going to take getting uncomfortable and overcoming some of your, you know, limiting beliefs. Yeah. Well, that's where it's so important that it all comes down to consistency and being able to do things for the long run. Right. Because all this stuff takes longer than you think. Yeah. And like, you have to accept that fact. Building muscle takes a long time. Losing fat takes a long time. If you can make progress, you know, if you're consistent and hell over a year, you can lose a ton of weight if you really try, but it's not going to happen in three weeks. And I think that's the problem is we, we gravitate towards these fad diets, like cutting out all carbs, fasting every morning. It's like all these extremes because you do get results initially. Yeah. Right. Like it happened because you are one, you're, you know, you're cutting water weight. when you cut out carbs, but two, like, yeah, you're in a calorie deficit, a pretty large one. So you're going to drop weight, but it all comes back to how long can you actually sustain that? 
And that has to be an answer that you're telling you're you're working out with because you have to ask, like, can I actually keep this up for the next year? And if the answer is no, you probably need a different method. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, so let's jump to you mentioned when you when you broke down the macronutrients, you talked about protein and you kind of put carbs and fats together into different categories. So protein, why is it so important and what is why why do you give it that range? The 0.7 to 1 gram per pound? Yep. Um, why is protein so important? Because protein, I mean, gee, there's so many benefits to protein, but I think just for easy sake, protein is the building block to all the cells in our body. And I think something that I want to reiterate with that is a lot of people think, oh yeah, it's the building block to your muscles. And it's like, yes, but it's also like the building block to all the cells in your body, like not just your muscle, like your protein is needed everywhere. Like your cells need the amino acids. So I think a lot of people think, oh, protein muscle. And yes, that's true, but protein everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so, so many benefits to getting enough protein in your body that besides just muscle growth, um, it's also the most satiating macronutrient. So you increase your protein, it's going to be a lot easier for you to feel satiated in your meals. If you're constantly feeling hungry and snacky, it's probably a good sign you're not eating enough protein. Um, why 0.7 to one gram per pound is, uh, to be honest, that's just what I've learned. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't know. You know, I think that's just the general recommendation. I don't know if there's like any special benefit to that. So Um, I, I believe the, the important number in that is the lower number, the 0.7. Yeah. Because I think that that's just been shown that you essentially after that point, you're getting most of the benefits of muscle protein synthesis, meaning yeah. you're you're signaling to your body to build and hold on to muscle. I think the 1.2 is like the upper range that I think we've just we've had studies on, but we haven't really had any studies that show any detriment of going over that. Yeah. So it's I think it's just more so like, hey, at least hit that number. Totally. And, and it all, I think it all comes back to what's sustainable to you too. You know, mm-hmm. if someone really enjoys eating a lot of protein, um, yeah, there might be slight more benefit, depending on the person, depending on how much protein you think, there might be slightly more benefits to eating a little bit more protein, but it's mm-hmm. really not going to be like this dramatic difference that all of a sudden your muscles grow and all of a sudden you get super toned because you increased your protein from 140 right. to 160, you know? Right. But for someone that's increasing their protein from like 50 grams to 100 or 120 grams, like that's a pretty dramatic change. And I, I am confident that person will feel a lot better. Yeah. Um, but I think I agree with you. Like the, the, the lower end is really important because I think most people are eating, are not eating enough protein. Um, but if you are eating 15 grams of protein, even eating a hundred grams of protein is going to feel really hard mm-hmm. and intimidating. So, you know, don't take the 0.7 or 0.8 or whatever that is too much to heart. I would just say start, just start increasing it by 10 to 20 grams every week or two until you feel comfortable um, at a certain amount. Yeah. And what is so important is the the beginning piece that you talked about that it's not like everyone thinks of protein as like this bro muscle thing that oh yeah we need our we need our protein and it's no like it's literally like if you think about the people who go and build the foundation of a house and then build out the rest of the house like that's that is the equivalent of what protein is in your body but then they're also coming back and they're fixing anything that broke down in the house yeah you know and so it's like it's your muscles but it's also your joints your hair your Mm -hmm. nails your skin, like we are, your body is constantly, it's not like you just like build these things up and then they kind of just stay there as structures. Your body is constantly tearing down protein cells and amino acids. And then it's also building it back up. And so like in a sense, like let's say someone gets injured, right? Like they tear their ACL, protein's going to help recover and build back those cells. So even in like those cases, it's super, super important to be eating protein because it's it's literally keeping everything in your body functioning. Totally. Well, I mean, if you think about collagen, like people mm-hmm. are taking collagen 
collagen has protein, right? It doesn't contain all the essential amino acids, but collagen is protein. And why do people take it? Because it's good for your hair and your skin and your nails. Like people don't take that necessarily for muscle growth. They take it for their hair, skin, and nails, yet it contains like what, 20 grams of protein in it? So if you think about it, like it, protein is needed for so many more places in your body. Your body loves it and thrives off it and needs it. Yeah. And to your point of kind of like just looking at getting more in general, it typically is one of the biggest opportunities. Yeah. That's like what I'd say with 90% of my clients, that's what we start with first because most people are under eating it. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a great question then with that. How do you help? Cause you, I'm sure you get the question all the time. How do I get more protein? Yes. Um, this is a really good question. So some ways that I would suggest getting protein is, um, well, I would look at, man, I would also say this really depends on the person and the client, but some ways that you can increase your protein is like, if you have, if you take your goal, what I would suggest is divide that goal by three. Um, actually I would probably divide it, divide by three or four, depending on how many meals you eat, depending on how many snacks you eat. Um, and then try and aim for like, let's say you are trying to aim for a hundred grams of protein a day. Let's divide that by four, try and get 25 grams of protein in every single meal. And the reason why that can be helpful is because the worst is when you get to the end of the night and you have like 60 grams of protein left and you, the last thing you want to eat is chicken breast and egg whites and like chug a protein shake. Like that does not, that's not sustainable. So try and split it up. Um, what I'd also say too is, um, wherever you're already eating protein, this can be helpful. It's like wherever you're eating protein, just increase it a little bit. Like in the morning, if you're having like a small cup of yogurt, have a cup and a half. Um, if you're having three ounces of chicken breast, have four or five ounces. And you'll see that even just by those small increments of protein that you're already eating, you're just eating a little bit more. That's going to make a dramatic difference. That hundred percent. And like that tip, that last tip, because I think everyone's like, they feel like they need all these new recipes, all these new foods. Like, no, mm-hmm. you're already eating it. Yeah. So just eat more of it. And totally. this is one where like a food scale and tracking, I genuinely do. Like, I don't even, I don't currently track my calories mostly, but I still do use a food scale for protein specifically. Yeah. Because it's still hard. Like I, I generally know how much it looks like. Right. But it is really hard to guesstimate yeah. how many ounces it is. And you you're going to put that chicken on and be like, Oh my God, like that's only three ounces. I thought that was like six, you know? Totally. Um, so it is, I, I think that, I think that one specifically, but yeah, take your, take your current meat portions, increase them. And the earlier, the better from my standpoint, like I would say like start with 50 to 60 for breakfast and just get it in there because once you're yeah. playing catch up, it's, it's just so hard. Um, and then like there's people, you know, so like, Two of the things I feel like people will talk about a lot is one, the 30 grams per meal, right? Which we can kind of talk about that in a second, but um, that I would say that one. And then the two is like the people who are kind of like, well, like shouldn't it all come from natural sources, right? And and avoid getting it from shakes. Yeah. So what do you think about those two? So um, what I think about first is like get 30 grams per meal. I think it can be for beginners. I think it can be good just so they can keep an eye on how much protein they are getting every meal. But once you kind of get the hang of it, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. I do agree with you where you, where you say, um, front load your protein. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think that can be really helpful. Now what you're saying is, should you get it from all natural sources? I mean, ideally if you can, and that's realistic yeah. for you. Yeah, for sure. Like totally. I think that's awesome. Um, now is that realistic? I don't really know. I, I, you know, I don't think, I don't know if that is realistic. If it is for you, that's great. Cause yes. Will you benefit from the nutrients from all getting whole sources for sure? But I think there's no harm in using a protein powder. And I think most people use a protein powder. Now, if you're taking like, if you're eating like two to three protein bars a day and like two to three, four, five scoops of protein powder, then I'd say, okay, let's, let's reel it in a little bit. But I think like a protein bar and a scoop of protein powder or two scoops, even if you need to, depending on the person, like if you're a guy and you got to hit like 200 grams of protein, I think, 
I think that's that's okay. Now yeah. I'd say if you're if you're not, I would still say that still include you know protein sources from whole food sources. Like the the that should still make up most of your protein, but supplementing with protein is still totally okay. Yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I completely agree. I think so one, the 30 grams, I was more so asking because there's still a lot of people who believe that you shoun't eat more than that in a meal. Oh, because like the muscle yeah. protein synthesis thing. It doesn't you know. take in or the, yeah. yeah. Um, which so like one, I think just, we should probably clear that up for yeah. anyone that's still, cause I thought that for a long time and it all comes back from like these studies that kind of show that that's, that's where the optimal muscle protein synthesis number. And after that, you don't really see a giant benefit, which like two things. One, like we said, protein does a lot more in your body yeah. than just build muscle. So yeah. your body is going to use it for something. It's not just going to store it as fat. It's actually really hard for your body to store protein as fat. It's going yeah. to, it's going to, it would rather employ it in a lot of other ways. And then two, we have to like, Remember, we don't just digest everything in 30 minutes. Yeah. It, it takes like hours. It takes days. And if you have other things in your stomach that's still digesting, like it doesn't just all go through there and go, oh, well, that's 30 grams. So I guess we, yeah. the rest of this is just useless. Like, no. Yeah, it's, yeah it just goes down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so much more complex. And so it's, I would not, I would not ever even worry about the 30 grams per window. Um, yeah. At all. Um, and I, and I think too, like, when you start worrying about little things like that, that's when tracking food and everything starts to get stressful, yeah. depending on the person maybe. But like we want, you know, again, this is supposed to be sustainable. And if food and how much protein you're getting in each meal is starting to stress you out and you're starting to become so meticulous about it, maybe a bodybuilder, sure. Someone who's stepping on stage, maybe they want to worry more about that. But for like the general person trying to get lifestyle lean, like one, that myth is not true, right? We're talking about that. But two, like, it's really not like you're, anyways, like you're it fine. Yeah, it doesn't, you're, it, you're stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. Exactly. Point, right. It's, and, and that to your second point about the powder, like, again, like, I completely agree. Like, if you can get it from all natural sources, probably, probably better, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know to a degree, but probably, um, I think it, the biggest benefit it probably gives you is the satiety factor. Totally. Like, if you eat a chicken breast, you're probably gonna be more full than a protein shake. I yeah. don't know, right? Even though I a protein shake is still pretty filling. Um, yeah. But but still, like I think that's probably the big. Like it's not like the protein works differently in your body, yeah. you know. Um, but I think it all comes back to prioritize getting the total number over everything. Yeah. First, right? Like if you are saying, okay, well, I want to eat all natural, so I'm not gonna include any shakes. And also like, I don't want to eat more than 30 grams because I want to maximize my muscle protein synthesis. And because of that, you eat three meals with 30 grams and you get 90 when you need 150. Well, totally. the person who had, who added two shakes and got to 150 is going to see better results. Right. Totally. So I think it's like, don't worry about being perfect. You can work on things later. Like if you're like, Hey, yeah, eventually I want to get down to one shake a day and then eat the rest of it natural. Cool. We can work on that, but it's, I think hitting that total number first is for sure going to be the priority. Totally. And I think it's important to keep in mind, like, okay, what is your goal? You know, with this person, like, what is your goal? And are you in the direction to that goal with what you are currently doing as far as like you are hitting this certain amount of protein with what you're eating? And if you are on your way to that goal and you're feeling good, why switch things up? You know, like it's working for you. So why try and switch things up now? If you come, like you're saying, like if you come to a point where you're like, oh, you know, I kind of need something to change. Sure. Experiment with it. But if it doesn't make a huge difference, like don't take it, basically what I'm saying, like don't take it as Bible, you know, as scripture. Totally. hundred percent. Now, carbs and fats, you kind of talked about, and I agree with you on this. You, you talked about just really it's not even really worth kind of trying to get the exact number. Like what would you say though is just generally a range of where, you know, if you're falling outside of this range for either one, you're probably starting to worry. Yeah. I'd say for fat, for women, um, 
I usually try and keep say stay at least above 45 to 50 grams. I usually say 50 grams, but there's a few people where I'm like, you know, depending on how they're feeling, I think 45 could be fine, but staying above that range for sure, not going below it. Um, I know there's some coaches who do six week shredded programs and they put women at like 30 to 35 grams of fat. And that is, that like almost like makes me angry um, because women need to be eating more fat. I think, I still think 45 grams is really low. um, Yeah. It's, I don't even know. I have no idea. I'm like, (laughs) like just eating collagen protein powder. I know. I seriously don't understand. I'm like, that sounds absolutely terrible. So I would say like fat, I would say minimum 50 grams. Um, Carbs. Um, oh Jesus really depends on the person too, but I think like minimum, uh, I want to say minimum 120. Um, now I know for some people, like if some people are like in an extreme deficit, knowing that they're in an extreme deficit for a very short period of time, maybe they go, might go below that. But I think for the general person, like minimum 120. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, um, especially if your goal is to build, maintain muscle, you probably want carbs ideally like one to three grams per pound of body weight um yeah so that's probably right around that that number two um and then fat i mean like i I think here's the thing like they're all important you know like carbs aren't essential i know for people will say that all the time like they're you don't need them to live it's like well yeah but you doesn't mean you don't need them to live well yeah (laughs) um like yeah you can survive without them but man, I've had, I've had multiple people that come and like, one of the first things we do is increase carbs because you it's like always the same symptoms, right? Where they're super high stressed. They don't have a lot of energy for their workouts. Their sleep sucks. And they like wake up in the middle of the night, tired and wired. And I always like, they'll, they'll kind of talk through those things. And like, and I can tell whenever it's a person, cause I, I came from this background too, right? It's always a person that was like, super into like biohacking and all these different things online and, and like learning help. And they, and like, and I'll just look at them and be like, how many carbs do you eat? And their answer is always like, Oh, I've been trying to avoid carbs. Okay. Got it. <laughs> right. And we'll, we'll just not, it's not even, it doesn't have to be a crazy amount. Like, all right, let's yeah. just include like a handful at every meal. And it's like within one week, they're like, my sleep is so much better, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, so I think it's, I think it's, there's really a lot of merit to just having a balanced meal Totally. Um, and like having, like, I feel like you need a, you should have a reason why it shouldn't be a balanced meal between the three macronutrients. Like if someone came and said, Hey, I'm going to be like a 30, 30, 30 split. Yeah. Cool. That sounds great. Yeah. I think that, I think that, um, what's, what's funny is. I have this client that came to mind when you said that I have this client who, who we've increased her food. And if you've never intentionally, and here's the thing is like, everybody's eating carbs, you know, when you're not, there's a lot of people who aren't eating carbs, but when they're diet, you know, they're still eating. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is those yo-yo dieters who don't Mm -hmm. eat carbs and then they eat carbs and then they get it back, you know, but like when you intentionally start eating more carbs, um, and I have a client who's done this and she's like, my lifts are going up. She's like, my car, she's doing a, a tr- uh, this amazing race, 100 mile bike race in, in a couple weeks. And she's like, my cardio sessions are feeling amazing. And it's like, man, when you can just really learn to fuel yourself right yeah. um, and be intentional about it, like, gee, I, you, you're going to feel amazing. It changes everything. Oh, totally. You know, and it's cool. It, you're seeing that too with your bulk. You're like, exactly. I'm increasing my food and I feel like freaking amazing. Your lifts are going up. Yep. You're gaining strength. You're moving more. It's just like people don't understand how that feels because they are so tied to wanting to feel hungry and wanting to feel so small where it's like, let's focus on being energized because mm-hmm. in reality, being energized is what's going to make you feel the way you want to feel, not being starving until you get to a point that you're feeling like we have it all backwards. We have it all yeah. wrong. Yeah. A hundred, 1000%. I mean, that's, and that's the hardest part though, is because like everyone just wants to lose fat. Everyone wants to yeah. lose weight. Right. And they feel like they need to eat less. I got to move more. But then when I eat less, 
moving sucks, right? And yeah, like I think we just we have to understand this is like such a delicate dance. This whole thing yeah. of like how much food you're eating, it impacts the way you look at life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you don't eat enough food, when you're eating less, dieting sucks. Like when you like, especially if you've been on one for a long time, like you get to a point where you're like, I literally don't want to talk to anybody right yeah. now. You know, and that's that could have its time and place. Like if you're like, hey, I'm trying to cut, or if like, you know, I really need to lose weight. Like I gotta get healthier. Okay, like yeah, like let's understand those things. You're going to be hungry. You're yeah. going to feel a little bit irritated. It's okay. Let's work through it, right? But if you're like a person who's just trying to maintain, you know, like you're you're almost like afraid to gain weight, but you're not you don't really need to lose weight. You're super active all the time and this is like i mean you can i think you can even like picture this person right now in your head right this that like they're usually obsessed with circuit training classes and they don't want to eat anything too heavy at any meal it's like when you're like constantly in a diet mindset almost then you feel you you just feel tired like you feel yeah. like you you're you're afraid of food you don't really want to talk to people. You're you're you kind of look at other people who eat a lot of food, and you, it almost like disgusts you, right? Yeah. Um, and it's and it's kind of crazy because a lot of times that person needs the opposite. They need to try to build a little bit and eat some more food, maybe gain a couple more pounds. You know, it's not going to be crazy, but damn, you're going to crush it in the gym. Like it's going to be a totally different world. You're going to have all this energy. And it's just going to, you're, you're not going, you're going to have, eventually you're going to build the body that you think all that dieting is doing. Yeah. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Um, so I know we got, we got a little bit of time before you got to hop off, but what about, so we've talked a lot about tracking, talked a lot about just the different macronutrients, um, what about the person who says, look, I get it. I just do not want to track ever. I don't want to do it today. I don't want to do it tomorrow. Like, what, what does that mean? Am I screwed? How do I, you know, I still want to eat healthy. I still want to, to hit goals. Like, what else can I do? What do you say to that person? Yeah, I think my first questions, well, I think I first validate them like, Hey, that's totally okay. Like you don't need to track to become healthier. You don't need to track to, in order to achieve your goals. I think I would push back probably a little bit and just ask them about their tracking experience because, you know, I totally understand that tracking can be stressful. It was stressful for me for years. I had to take an entire, and I haven't talked about this very much, but I had to take an entire year off tracking because it felt disorder to me. Mm. Um, so I understand that it can get that way. Um, but I think that if it felt stressful to you, if it felt overwhelming to you, then I think that I would say, hey, let's take an approach in a different way um, just so we can understand things better. But in the end, if they're like, I just really don't want to, then I'd be like, cool, that's okay. Let's not worry about it. Macro tracking aside, what I would focus on is um, obviously this now this really depends on the goal. But if you're just trying to become healthier, um, let's just focus on creating a balanced meal. What does that look like? And just start understanding. I think I'd still go through understanding what carbs, fats, and protein are, uh, what, what carbs have fiber in it and how to balance, how to make a balanced plate and focus on like hand portions. Mm. Um, I think that focusing on like meal structure can be helpful too, like breakfast, lunch, dinner, you got a snack. Um, so focusing on different things like that, that don't have to do with tracking, but you're still learning how to build a plate. You're still learning about portion sizes and you're learning, you know, how those foods make you feel. I, I love that you said, you know, you acknowledge that like, yes, it can, it can end up being disordered for some people, but it doesn't make tracking disorder. Yep. Right. Like it's, and I think that's, I think it's very wise that you looked at yourself and said like, yeah, it, it got disordered in my life at that point in my life. And I had to step away from it and, and reflect on why that is. Right. And let me say something, Herman is this is something that you said earlier that I totally agree with is many times. And I did this many times we blame the tool yep. where for me, it was like, 
I saw results from macro tracking and I really enjoyed it, but there, my issue is I only knew how to track in a cut. I, and, and mm. I would, you know, I would call myself a macro dieter. I would only track in a cut, but I didn't know how to get out of that. So to get out of that, I just stopped and I ate whatever I want. I would gain the weight back. And so for me, I would say macro tracking doesn't work because I don't know how to sustain it, you know? And what really happened is it wasn't macro tracking. What really happened is macro tracking showed me what I needed to see about my relationship with food and some things that I needed to do internally. Um, I think that tool was showing me that like, hey, there's some work, internal work that you got to do um, and and a little bit of knowledge that needs to be gained here with like nutritional periodization with with reverse dieting. Um, and once I, you know, in that year that I took off of macro tracking, I was able to work on some things with my relationship with food and, and not focus on dieting for a second and really dive internally. And then I also started learning about nutritional periodization and I was like, this makes sense. That's why it wasn't quote unquote working for me is because I didn't know what to do after a cut. Like I just cut until I was literally dead until I was literally not energized. And with that knowledge, I was able to, you know, I always say knowledge is power. You hear knowledge is power, but I actually think knowledge applied is power, right? Uh, So with that knowledge of like, okay, reverse dieting, and then I'm applying that and realizing like, oh, this is how it all works. Cool. Like that made me feel so empowered and realize that I can use macro tracking, but I got to learn how to use it to work with me rather than against me. Yeah. I love that because, and I, I did the same thing. Like I, I tracked and I was, I got to a point where I was like, tracking is just, it's, it's disordered. It causes disordered eating. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think you have to, you have to kind of like stop and, and reflect and like talk to other people. Right. And realize like, well, wait, hold on. It does work for a lot of people. And a yeah. lot of people aren't, don't have any kind of disordered relationship with it. So is it really disordered or is it the way I was using it? Yes. You know, like to your point, it's, it's a tool. There's nothing, there's no emotion tied to it. It's, if it's disordered, it's the, it's the way that you were used and not to say like, okay, you're disordered, right? Yeah. But the way you use it at that point in your life didn't make sense. Right. Yeah. And I, I see the same thing too. Like you said, a lot of times it comes from, because a lot of people look at tracking as a diet method only, and they look at calories as a ceiling. A, a perfect ceiling that I have to hit every single day, right? Yeah. And one, you might not need to lose weight. Like that, like let's say that first, right? Like someone who's already a healthy body weight, trying to lose even more body fat, you're going to kind of feel shitty. Like you're supposed yeah. to, right? Because your your body is literally saying, like, no, I, I we're good, dude. Um and I, I think I think you have to be able to look at that and say, okay, well, is there other things that you know maybe can it can benefit me? Like making sure I'm getting enough protein, making sure I'm getting enough fiber, right? Like seeing that, oh man, I eat barely any carbs during the week, right? Like all those types of things start helping you a little bit, and then you could, and then like the opposite, like we said, like hey, what if I try, what if I try the opposite? What if I actually try to eat a little bit more? Yeah. Like what if I go up 200 calories? What happens? Are my, are my lifts getting better? Is my weight actually going up or is it kind of staying the same? I actually, and then I think you, you know, like I, I had a client who she has been tracking daily for a long time and we've worked, we've gone from like a place where she was tracking super into circuit training, you know, really meticulous on all these, these things has, does definitely does not need to lose weight. If anything, it was like the opposite. Like we got to gain strength and we got to build muscle. And we got to a place where like now she's, she's loving her strength training workouts, you know, has, I think like almost entirely quit the circuit training classes. Um, She's, she sent me a picture of what she looks like uh, from like a year ago to today, her legs. It's crazy. It's like, she just looks strong, you know, it's it's amazing. Um, And she, and she was talking about the tracking. She's like, you know what? Like, I think I'm kind of ready to try intuitive eating a little bit. I'm like, okay, cool. And like, she was, you know, terrified of moving on and doing that. And all I said was, it's funny because she like, she was like, oh my God, she's like, I needed to hear that so much. All I said was, well, what is the worst that's can, that can happen, right? If you gain a little bit of weight, you can always go back to what you're doing before. Yeah. And it was like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I can try 
different tools at different times. And there's nothing that locks me into having to do this the rest of my life. And I think once you take pressure off yourself, it all just becomes so much easier. Totally. I love that. And I, and I think that, you know, obviously we talk about macros and tracking and it, you know, it can be a really powerful tool to teach you. Um, but I also, in my personal opinion, I don't think that anyone should be married to it um, or tied to it. I don't think tracking, and I actually have a post that I'm going to be posting this week is I don't think macro tracking is a lifestyle. I think it's a really powerful tool to teach you, but eventually, you know, I hope, I I hope everybody gets to a point where they can step away from tracking. And then, you know, the point is the point of tracking is to help you learn to eat in a way that one fuels you, makes you feel good and helps you achieve your goals. Um, And so if, when you're not tracking versus when you are tracking is completely different, then I would start looking into like, okay, you know, it's, it's, I start evaluating that, but hopefully you can get to a point when you can step away from tracking and not much changes. You can then apply mm-hmm. what you've learned from tracking and start practicing a little bit of like mindful eating and mm-hmm. really diving into self-trust and, you know, trusting yourself around food and not letting technology dictate every, every decision you make about food. It's okay that that's it, you know, and there'll be times that you pick up tracking here and there. I think that when you're in a cut, it's super helpful. Um, but taking seasons of your life when you're not tracking is really powerful. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it helps you trust yourself, right? Yeah. Like you have to prove to yourself like, no, I can still, I'm still fine without it. And it's almost like a progression too, because people, you know, like there's whole, the whole debate around tracking versus intuitive eating and mindful eating and all that. And to me, like intuitive eating and mindful eating, I think is great. Yeah. But I think it's very hard to do if you have zero knowledge yes. around mm-hmm. macros. And if you have zero knowledge around what your portion sizes look like or what makes you full, what doesn't like, good luck. If you yeah. are eating, you know, someone who's eating a bunch of whole foods has their protein on point versus someone who's eating a ton of processed foods and barely eats any protein. Like I can tell you who is going to, who is going to maintain their weight from intuitive eating. So, but once you do track a little bit and you get awareness around it and you understand like, okay, here's what a balanced plate looks like. Here's what a portion of protein looks like. All those types of things you can walk away from it and then shift to something like a mindful eating, intuitive eating. And in your head, you're still always going to kind of, track a little bit, even if it's just like understanding this is what a plate should look like for me. Right. And I think just, it's, it's just having that, that tool in the back of your head. That's almost like an, it's like almost going through like an education, right. Of understanding what food does to you. And then once you have that, it becomes a lot easier to feel empowered eating your food because you actually know what, what does what. Totally. I mean, I kind of, I kind of view it as like training wheels where, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're to hop on a bike without training wheels, um, let's say like the bike without training wheels is like intuitive eating, mindful eating. Like if you were to hop on that bike right away without even hopping on a bike ever, you're going to be like, how do I do this? You know, you're going to fall off. It's going to be really hard. But I think that the training wheels will help you and teach you to kind of figure out what that balance feels like when you're on the bike. And then eventually when you feel ready, let's take them off. And then in seasons of your life, you're like, hey, I kind of want a little bit more, you know, of that help with my, you know, with my bike or your nutrition. Let's put the training wheels back on. Like they're always still there for you in the garage. Um, But I think that I think that macros, macro tracking can be a great, can be great training wheels. Love that. Love that. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to let you go. So why don't you just, why don't you just remind people uh, where they can find you again? Yes. Um, well, this has been so fun, Herman. First, thank you. I love doing podcasts with you because I feel like you and I just, just, we just, they're just fun. They're just fun. Um, but anyways, you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Clark, three K's under dash. And I, Herman has inspired me and helped me build my own podcast. So (laughs) if you want, he's also been on my podcast. You can go listen to my podcast, which is the Sarah Clark podcast. Um, I'm also on TikTok. Not very much though. Like you can go look at it, but it's nothing (laughs) too much. It's, it's mostly just a fun place rather than like, anyways, it's different from my Instagram, but also same username at Sarah Clark, three K's under dash. So 
Amazing. You can DM me anything. I love to talk, connect. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for coming on. I always love talking to you and everybody go check out her podcast. It's awesome. And check out your page and everything you do. Cause I think you have such an amazing, unique message and I always have a pleasure talking to you. Hmm. Well, thank you, Herman. That means a lot. Awesome. All right. Bye everybody. Bye. All right, everybody. Hopefully you got some valuable takeaways from that episode. And if anything, hopefully macros are just a little bit easier to understand. If you're enjoying the show real quick, go ahead and give a great five-star review and hit the subscribe button to be notified for future episodes. All right. See you guys.